Warning, the Catholic Man Show contains high levels of manliness. It's simple, really. You either want to grow in virtue and holiness, or you want to be a sissy whiny baby. If you choose to move forward, grab your whiskey glass, because the Catholic Man Show is starting right now. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam Minahan here, sitting with David Niles. Juan is pushing the buttons this evening. Has been a big help. Jim, Bo Baggins is over here by us. Jimothy, James. Jiminy Cricket. We haven't used that one yet, I don't have, think. I don't That's think a good one. one. Yeah. Yeah. I might change you in my phone, Jim, to Jiminy Cricket. Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> Dave, this is going to be, this is a, a great episode. We've actually already recorded the right. second part. Yeah. The Full first. disclosure. We've already, dis- we've already done we've got a good. We've got a good episode coming up for you. Sister Helena Helena. I kept wanting to say Helena. In fact, I didn't. I you actually did say it several times. We caught you. Yes. You caught yourself, I think. But anyway. Yes, it's a, we're going to be talking about um, the masculine genius. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we have a woman on the show for this particular episode, so it's not uh, so, a bunch of dudes talking about how awesome we are. <laughs> Everybody, come see how good I look. <laughs> Men really are geniuses, though, aren't they? Dude, yes. You, ma- you make a brilliant point. I agree with that. Thank you. I also thought it was brilliant. Show over. <laughs> Oh man, no, but it, it really was a lot of fun. She's 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 so awesome. Part you know, daughters. Of she's Saint very Paul. funny. Yeah, she is very funny. Daughters of Saint Paul. Um. So anyway, I'm really excited about big, that. Big theology, the body fan, which personally I'm a fan, makes me a fan. Yes. If you're I big into well. the theology of the body, I mean, we, we can be friends. Yes. Uh, we're not drinking anything this evening. We normally are drinking some kind of whiskey or beer or something. something yeah but being holy week we're going to abstain from drinking yes we're just partake partaking in the parched state should be all right i am parched i actually uh, had a little bit of water my beautiful wife brought up she heard me cough and brought up a pitcher of water uh because, she thought you were thirsty because she thought i was thirsty which i was so i did have a little bit but so david hey so we were talking uh, we talked a little bit last week about how the importance of men being together like remember when, when i said what luke did t- taking those cold showers uh yeah you know hearing us talk about it and i didn't talk to him about it but he he um caught on yeah and we're talking about you know th- the importance of that and we just had last week also our men's group that we always have there are spirit and smoke yeah and so i don't know like if you're listening right now and you, you don't have a men's group that you're going to like please start one the holy spirit keeps nagging me on this like every time i'm in adoration uh, I keep feeling, I feel like I have to bring it up on the show. So listen, I'm talking to you, listener, right now, who is who's not does not have a men's group right now. Start one. It's time to start one. Find one. Get one going. Uh, last week, whenever we had our men's group, uh, you know, we were talking about prayer, and it was beautiful because I had the opportunity to listen to some of like what my dad was talking about in his prayer life. Yeah, and it was very intimate. It was very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah, I appreciated his comments because you could just tell that. 
his prayer life was it really meant a lot to him you and know he took and it, it very was, seriously yeah yeah it was uh it was good and i would not have been able to have that moment uh if we weren't together in in, in the the men's group that we were in yeah it really is it's a, the the group that we have is just really really i think unique um because my our dads are in it my dad's in it your dad is in it mm-hmm. um and then ken and his son mm-hmm. they're they're in it is there and there's, there's more people, but right. yeah, but there are three father son combos and it, it's just, yeah. Um, a really beautiful group, right. you know, to be able to, to like discuss spirituality like this with other men mm-hmm. and your dad. I mean, like, it's not just, you know, a fam- it's not a family affair, right? Uh, you know, it's just men participating as men, but also you're there you know, with your, with your father or with your son, you know, it's just, it's very good. Yeah. And so I, I just remember thinking like, I'm so thankful for this moment, mm-hmm. uh, a moment that I, I may have never been able to have, uh, and he, get an in-depth, uh, understanding of some of his prayer life that he shared with us. Yeah. That it was very clear that, uh, he takes very seriously. He has, um, some, uh, anyway, it was just very great. Uh, Juan's showing right now, if you go to the Catholic man show and, and, dot com and just type in on the search bar how to start a, a catholic men's group we have a, a few little bullet points that you are you'd be able to uh uh go through and we also have the brochure actually one if you'll take that off because that actually isn't accurate any longer um the brochure is only for patrons so we so if you uh email, send that oh. email you will not get it so but uh but but if you join patreon yeah patreon.com slash the catholic man show we have that available for you. Basically, we've we've been a part of uh, men's groups for like what ten years now. Do you remember back when it was Friends of the Show? Yes, I do. Long time ago. That was yeah. That's a throwback. That is a throwback. But you know, we've been part of men's groups for like about ten years, so we kind of just refined it. Like, here's the yeah. things that you do. Here's the things that you don't do. That we that we have found make a successful men's group, and we share that with you guys. So beer and or whiskey, pipes and or cigars. It's always a good, good starting point. Put two good. of those together. Good launching point. And and at least you'll have men who want to participate. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? To get going. Because you know that's that is one of the hard things is how do you get, you know, five to ten guys who are going to be regular and consistent and, mm-hmm. um, will do do stuff that's cool. And the like as the, you know, like, right something in the background. But uh, really drink like having a drink and having a smoke. Both of those things enhance your conversation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, obviously, when done in moderation. Right. Uh, so the, those are really good things. Even if you don't, even if you don't like to smoke cigars or uh, like to smoke a pipe, um, still, ha- you know, invite other people to mm-hmm. in, or- in order to do, to do that. Just because um, it-, it will, I think, you will benefit from it. Uh, just from just the way it opens up a conversation. Uh, there's just something about it. It allows it to flow. Absolutely. Also, another callback from last week. We we talked about the virtues of the job market. Yeah. Got a new job. Booyah! Decided to get a new job. Uh, actually, we, I had the job already, but it wasn't officially announced, and so we couldn't talk about it on the show. But. Congratulations, Adam. Thank you. Uh, I, as well as all of our friends and family, are your friends and family are mm-hmm. just very, very excited for you. Uh, you are, you're going to do a great job. Well, thank you. Yeah. 
uh, it was pretty overwhelming that people like were very excited about it. And I was like, man, talk about uh, hyping it up before anything happens. Yeah, uh, don't let us down. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I am now the... We will turn on you. So fast. Yeah, we are fickle. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm, I am now the director of communications for the Diocese of Tulsa in Eastern Oklahoma. So what does that now, mean? What does that mean? Basically, it means I tell the stories of all the good work that the good people here in Oklahoma do. Nice. That's what I do. Get your elevator pitch down. Boom. Oh, after only and, two days. Yeah. How would you like that? I do like it. That was pretty good, huh? What a, I, and that was not rehearsed. That was, like, that's a, just like what... You just like, came to you right now? Yeah. I mean, that's that's just... That's the Holy Spirit. That was the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's very if clear. If there's one thing I know, it's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> okay. That was, that was him. Yes. So anyway, that's... I pulled a lot of the things that I was going through and uh, during that time into last week's episode. That's the thing about the show, Adam, <laughs> is that mostly it's like, well, what are we doing at the moment? Right. Let's talk about that. What are we struggling with? Yeah, right exactly. Now? What is going terrible? <laughs> Let's talk. People like that. People like to see us. Just oh, charity. Struggle. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about charity. Yeah. So you know, I've been really hating a lot this week. <laughs> that is something funny on our prayer board tonight. Uh, it was just like I walk in and uh, my wife is just she's doing an amazing job getting dinner ready, corralling the kids. And I was like, OK, I'll take the kids. I'll take the kids for you for a minute. Mm -hmm. I let you, you know, have a little bit of uh, quiet time while you're getting dinner ready. So like I get all the kids over and I'm like trying to trying to do my best to entertain them for a few minutes and i realized no this is terrible these are you know they're not listening right we're not playing the game right you're you're not doing this right and i realized uh patience is something that i am just like really struggling with right, right now that went up on the prayer board today that dad is praying for patience you know like uh in seinfeld when george's dad gets that he starts that mantra serenity now yeah <laughs> it's like have you ever felt your <laughs> well so, like sometimes I feel like yelling out obedience now <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's a little little rough but that's okay I don't think I was that obedient as of a kid I don't I don't know is it no like, you definitely were not as your best like, friend you know they talk about like, I know payback. you very well as a best friend I know you my very kids well. actually are obedient but like there are you just were not some things something that's you know it's like if you don't take another bite of food right now <laughs> finish what's on your plate <laughs> and it's like, i am with my parental rights go pretty far <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just it's just a, it's just been a little bit of a struggle but i don't know okay. why that drives me so crazy well there's just little ticks that you have eat like, your food and there's so many ticks that that you can have as a parent and that you don't realize are going to drive you crazy until it happens why don't they eat their food well that's not something it's i like, deal with i don't deal with that uh, my kids eat my eat, eat but they, food very they, fast. But you used to have trouble with them eating food, right? Uh, very little. I thought that was a thing that you went I mean, through Jude, with Jude, a, for a while. Jude, Jude was very slow at times, and but that ended very quickly. Um, now my kids eat really, really fast. But it's like I don't. Hey, know how, so sometimes I wonder how they're growing. How? What are you doing for Holy Week? Like, so how? How are you? Uh, oh man, we're already done with this segment. I'm just trying to finish strong. Finish strong. Yeah. Watch uh, the Passion of the Christ. On, we will on, be. Yeah, we will be on Good Friday. Uh, I don't, we don't usually do it on Good Friday. It's hard to fit in mm. between like going to church and stuff. But well, I we mean, do it stations. But there's no mass. Uh, no. But then there's Veneration of the Cross, mm -hmm. also, um, which we do at St. Benedict's. Yeah, mm -hmm. which is a separate service. Mm -hmm. So anyway, 
Just finish strong. Finish We're strong. almost there. We're finish line. We'll be right back with an uh, interview with Sister Helena Burns. Helena. Helena. Golly. I'm sorry. Helena Burns. This segment of the Catholic Man Show is brought to you by the Catholic Woodworker. Go to thecatholicwoodworker.com for heirloom quality home altars, crucifixes, and rosaries. It's also the only place where you can get the official rosary of the Catholic Man Show. Type in promo code TCMS for 10% off all purchases. TCMS for the Catholic Man Show. CatholicWoodworker.com. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. Here with Adam Minahan, Sister Helena Burns. Hel- Helena. Helena Burns. Hel- Helena? Helena? Helena. 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 I knew it wasn't the way Helena. The saint said it. The way the who said it? The way the saint said it. Oh, yeah. Okay. I like that. If they did it that okay. way, then that's how I want to do it. Nobody knows how she did it. It was 300 years, 362 or something. We well, don't know. Well, you're the one who bears her name, so I feel like you really have the, the final call in this conversation. Okay. Okay. Helena. Sister Helena, Helena yeah. thank you so much for being here today. Uh, oh, thanks for having me. We're just delighted to have you. Uh, there are, as you can imagine, not many women, uh, female appearances on The Catholic Man Show, and so we're really, really psyched about, about today. I did not know that, and yeah. we have to change that. Yeah, I think you, you're maybe the only... Well, so we had our wives on one episode. Our wives episode. were on once. That doesn't count. That doesn't that, count. So they're women. They're real women. They are women. They are real women. Um, and then that's, I think that's like nepotism. It doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we've had we had uh, Dr. Christine Myers. Nepotism runs deep in the Catholic Man Show. You just gotta... <laughs> but yeah, so you're like the, maybe the third or fourth uh, uh, female on the show. Fourth is Jim. Jim is the historian of the Catholic Man Show. Yeah. So, wow. um, so welcome. We're so excited to have you. This has Thank been a, a long time in the making. Yeah. We were going to try to have you here in Tulsa. Uh, the plan was pre COVID to have you here in the studio with us, yeah. but, uh, COVID ruined those things are otherwise yes. ordained. Yes. Uh, so we get to have you at the next best way, which is via Skype. And also I just want to give you a shout out on your, the creativity of your blog. The name is awesome. It's, uh, hellburns.blogs. I get it. It's like that, I get it. That is great. I'm big fan. I'm excited to have you. Uh, for those maybe hell is the worst. It is the. It worst. is so the. It's the worst. It's a great motivator. It's the greatest motivator. Yeah, I, agree. I love hell. I love hell. Rightly seen. Yes. <laughs> yeah. In, in rightly ordered. Yeah. For, from the right point of view, <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> From other points of view, it's totally it's the, the worst. worst. It's, right. <laughs> uh, so maybe for those who who don't know uh, your story, maybe we give a little bit of background on on who you are and how you've gotten to where you are today. Where am I today? <laughs> Remember, sister, wherever you go, there you are. <laughs> there you, there you, you are. are. Okay, so I'm I'm nobody special. You know, I'm just this little nun. I'm originally from Boston, and I'll keep this short and cut to the chase of my former radical feminism because I think, you know, if I hadn't gotten over my radical feminism um, in being in recovery here, um, I wouldn't be on this show, obviously, right? <laughs> She's regretting being so, on the show anyway. 
So, so right. So I define, see, feminism is not a dirty word. It means the protection and promotion of women. Mm -hmm. And I believe, contrary to some famous Catholic men out there today who are saying there's no such thing as Christian feminism or like all feminism is bad, I don't agree with that Um, because I define it in its most basic sense as the protection and promotion of women. What you think a woman is and what consists in her good protection and promotion is where you're going to take that. So there's a lot of bad feminism, yes, but there's a lot of good feminism too. So I'm a theology of the body feminist, so you know exactly what I believe. I believe (laughs) in the complementariness of the sexes, right? Mm -hmm. And um, everything the Catholic Church teaches about male-female relationships, everything the Bible teaches. So um, how did I get to be a radical feminist? Which definition of radical feminism is you deny that there are any significant differences between the sexes, just some reproductive body parts, and that's about it. Um, and so you get into this sort of egalitarianism and uh, identicalness, which is not even scientific, and it's a disaster because you're not living in accord with your nature. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I was a radical feminist for most of my life. I went to public schools. I drank the Kool-Aid, you know, I was not in my home. My home was a, (laughs) was a traditional, you know, um, dad was the head of the family and all that, you know, home, Catholic home. But I rejected all of it from a very young age, just rejected all of it because I was listening to the media. I was listening to the culture, to my friends, to my teachers. And it made a lot of sense, right? And and the women's movement was raging and Mm. women's lib and all of that. So, um, It was my inner framework. It was the only like sort of philosophical framework I had to make sense of reality. And so I actually even brought it into the convent with me, but I hid it because I knew I was wrong, but I didn't know why, Mm. but it's all I have. Uh (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. Right. That sounds like, it sounds like so cuckoo crazy. It's like, well, people are like, oh, so you were a radical feminist nun. I'm like, no, no, I was a daughter of St. Paul. I came to believe in the truth of the Catholic Church because Jesus spoke to me from the Blessed Sacrament. I was like, shoot, I have to be Catholic. (laughs) No, no, I was like, I had one foot out the door and then Jesus spoke to me and then I realized this was his church. And then like four days later, he called me to be a nun. And anyway, it's a very strange story, really, when you think about it. Crazy week. It's a crazy week right there. (laughs) (laughs) So I... I was searching, though. I was trying to understand. I, I told God, okay, if if this is your church, because you're in that little box, and none of my Protestant friends even have a little box. Right. It's not mm-hmm. like they're claiming, no, we have him. He's here in our box. No, he's in our box. So I kind of right. knew, like, if he's in our box, in that box, yeah. then this is his church, and I need to stop fighting him, but do, you know, what St. Anselm calls faith-seeking understanding, rather than I'll believe when I understand. Mm-hmm. Because we'll never we'll never fully understand. So, right. so I, I was on this search, and as I entered the convent, I studied scripture and theology. Uh, philosophy was great. Philosophy was awesome, but the theology I got was like it just made me more confused. The reasonings and explanations behind church teaching made less sense than the church teaching, until theology of the body, mm. and then everything fell in place, and everything started to click.
and I had this huge theology of the body conversion. Um, but it was a long time coming, you know, like, so I would read something and didn't answer my questions. Not helpful. Go to some talk. You're not answering my questions. And until John Paul II, till I, till I really opened up the theology of the body in 2006. So, um, yeah, I've been a nun for a long time. So that was actually late in my nunhood career. And, um, yeah, so it really, but it took time. Like even now, I call it my ongoing theology of the body conversion because there's still moments when I think I'm I'm there, and I I learn something more and I convert more. Mm-hmm. Then another sense. door opens and you're like, ah, I didn't even know this door was even there, and it's yeah. open now. You know, and there's yeah. a big yeah. room on the other side. Yeah, yeah, and and sometimes it's because people challenge me. You know, um, and. You know, and they think that they, they either apologize or people, sometimes people challenge me online and then other people attack them, start talking to sister like that. And it's like, no, 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 we're having a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, calm down. It's okay. Take a deep breath. Uh-huh. And people, you know, put something else in front of me and say, read this, look at this. It's like, oh, okay. So we're always seeking truth, right? We're always mm-hmm. on that path. But I think one of the biggest things with radical feminists is, I was so close to being a man hater, like I was so close, but I was too like boho, kind of hippie, like laid back, like that's ugly, hating is ugly, right? Yeah. So yeah, it was it was like, so I knew I couldn't go there, and I was a Christian and everything. So, but I had written men off, hmm. like as just they just they think they're superior, they only want one thing from women, they treat us bad, um, they don't really want to get to know us, blah, 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 like so many things, just, just had written men off until theology of the body. And then God sort of started explaining to me the masculine genius, right. Mm -hmm. And learning it through various TOB speakers, especially men, but some women too. And, um, being able to see the beauty of men and seeing that, I think what's happening today, we see this, like it's the radical feminism is out of control it's now intersectional feminism which has gotten to the point so i just i just did a talk for the upcoming theology of the body virtual conference Mm -hmm. the big one that's free and then you can get a premium one if you want so one of the premium talks is 10 ways feminism went wrong my talk and 10 tob ways to fix it and i'll just give you a a hint that the 10th way feminism went wrong radical feminism is <clears throat> that we're at the point where we're saying a biological male is a woman, right? Yeah, that that's well. Doesn't it make? Doesn't that enrage a lot of the like maybe old school feminists? Because you know they spent their whole life saying that uh, the you know the fact that I'm a woman doesn't mean that the the external realities of being a woman doesn't define me. And then the transgender people come along and say, now they're saying the only thing that defines me is these external reality. You know, like they're like saying the exact opposite of what they worked their whole life to. I never thought of it that way, but it's true. It's and and you know who's really it's the English feminists, the British like Jermaine Mm -hmm. Greer and J.K. Rowling. Mm -hmm. They're and others that we don't know their names, but like I, I see them and they're fighting tooth and nail to say being a woman is not a feeling. Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's biology that you can't change or become, you know? Mm-hmm. So so this is how far 
radical feminism has gone and just pushed and pushed and pushed to the point where we have totally canceled ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and I think that that's a good point that we have to we got to define our terms, right? You you were talking about feminism at the very beginning, and some people agree to it, some people disagree to it, but it's because we're not defining our terms to begin with to figure out what we're agreeing or disagreeing with. I always start off with defining. We have to define our terms. So when we get back, we're going to continue this conversation and jump into the masculine genius uh, of the conversation. Sitting here with uh, Sister Helena Burns, we'll be right back. I said Helena, didn't I? Did I say you Helena? You did. You said Helena. Dadgummit. I said, I was thinking the whole time, don't say it, don't say it, don't say start it. Start over. We have to start over. Start I this agree. whole thing I over. Agree. Hang up and call us yeah. back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, my gosh. Um, but yeah, don't you think that that's probably one of the big issues is that when you say feminism, it's such a loaded term that I'm a big, I'm a huge feminist if you define feminism as standing up for women uh, who they are by created by the by, right. by our god like and yeah. if you define it as the dignity of every woman the, yes. is the responsibility of every man then yeah i'm a feminist i'm, I'm in i mean not to say that it's you, only you men's responsibility quoted, but you, you just quoted john paul ii i did i know I, that that was original that was from john paul ii no he stole that from me <laughs> <laughs> He's, he and aquinas they're always ripping off my stuff you know what i mean <laughs> But here's the thing, you know, when we say defend women and stand up for women, let's define women now. And this is where people like back down because now we have to talk about differences and right. we're sure. different. And sure. one is not yeah. and, and our no current you know, <laughs> and our <laughs> current world thinks that differences because they think like Marxists, they believe mm-hmm. that if something's different than something else, one has to be superior. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's this endless oppression like the oppressor and the oppressed dynamic so when there's something different there can never be solidarity there can never be just collaboration putting our Mm -hmm. weaknesses and strengths and gifts together that's not allowed it has to be this hostile relationship which is not and that's a darwinian too right yeah nature is is red in in tooth and claw darwin said that not me i'm I'm quoting darwin so (laughs) so we have to like dig down to the roots of where this all came from and not just work on the surface. Right. Mm. Okay. Well, let's, let's, uh, I hate Marxism. It's the yeah, worst. It is the worst. I read that. Did you read the, the book, uh, Karl Marx and the devil? It came out oh, recently. I have it on my shelf. Okay. And I, I read all the interviews and all that. Yeah. It's, it's really good, but, only the first like four chapters are about Karl Marx, and then the whole rest of the book is just about how communism is the worst. Really I'm good. thinking about switching over though, because it seems like if you get in early, it, you definitely benefit if you're in the early adapter. It, it works out. It looks. I mean, it just like from a observer's standpoint, it looks like it works out really good. <laughs> So yeah. I, I'm just I'm tossing it around. I'm kicking around the idea. You yeah. know, I haven't made no decisions yet. Good. Thank you, Juan. <laughs> Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Thank you, Juan, for all of your help this evening. Our producer, best friend, Juan Posada. Thank you, bud. 
And when we say he's on the buttons, he's not literally on the buttons. Good distinctions. He just is. He's, per- he's over them. there by them. He's really by the buttons. Pressing them. He's within an accessible uh, distance. Appropriate of distance. the but. It's a very appropriate yeah distance of the buttons. So we're we're here trying to define terms, defining distinct, uh, making distinctions of both man and woman. Mm-hmm. Because you, in order to, def- you, you, we gotta we gotta draw distinctions, distinctions. if we're talking about uh, male and female, and how just because they're different doesn't mean that we're uh, not equal. Um, and so, I, is that where we is that where we were uh, at before the break, Dave? Well, we talked about that over. The- on the break. On the break. But that's where we were before we took the break. Well, we were talking about feminism right right before we took the break. Okay. Yes. Yeah. But and yeah, I think com- we should transition. Comrade Dave was talking about how enamored he is of the, you know, communist movement and the fact that a lot of, you know, the feminism today is really according to Marxist theory, critical mm. theory, Marxist theory, right? So that kind of like, if, if one, something is different, then one has to be the oppressor and one has to be the oppressed and you never get out of that dynamic. It's mm. not like, oh, I can stop oppressing this person. It's it's this, you're just locked in there and you can never get out, yeah. which we know is true. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so I think one big thing we have to say is that um, Cardinal Lacroix of Quebec said, radical feminism in the church is a heresy. He just recently said that, and I was like, thank you, Cardinal Lacroix, because mm. we have to be able to say these things. And I never even thought to say that, somebody who's like left radical feminism behind. Um, but anything that comes into the church that is it is in opposition to Christianity, we have to name it and say, you know what? This doesn't belong here. One of these things is not like the others. <laughs> One of these things just doesn't belong. And, and get rid of it and say, I'm sorry, like, uh, we love you, the person who might be uh, espousing this thing or practicing this thing or believing this thing, but we have to get rid of this ideology out of the church that does not agree with, with what Jesus Christ taught us. Mm-hmm. And it's not pretty. Th- these are ugly things, right? These are ugly. Who wants to be locked in this oppressor-oppressed dynamic, right? Um, we're supposed to be about love and charity and gift and service. So we have the language of gift, love, service, not the language of justice, rights, and power. And I think in the civil world, you you need that. You know, um, we have to have justice, we have to have rights and power. But in the church, it's a higher law, you know, the law of love. And and it's not just, you know, anything goes or um, individualism, where I just see as far as I can go getting what I want. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's more of this... Um, predefined divine order, right? I love this, okay? I never even heard that phraseology, the divine order. I learned that from Father Thomas Loya, a Byzantine priest who does theology of the body. And I mean, I love Eastern theology and liturgy anyway. And they just kind of live and breathe this stuff. Whereas we're kind of like making it up as we go along in the West, right? We think everything's mutable and changeable. And so one time he said something about the divine order and I'm like, Stop, stop. What did you just say, Father? Well, well, the divine order, of course. And I'm like, what do you mean by divine order? Like never in all of my theology and never had I heard this. And he said, well, the way God set things up, 
you know, in the universe, the, the laws of the cosmos and the laws in society and the family and the church and everywhere, right? Creation. Like an expanded natural law, kind of. Yeah. So, I mean, it, the law, I mean, in, even the Trinity, mm -hmm. there is a divine order in the Trinity. Do you think mm -hmm. we can possibly obey a divine order if the Trinity can? You know, the, the Son is submissive to the Father, but there's no oppression there, right? Right, right. Um, he, he does the Father's will. He, he's, he is sent and does what the Father asks him to do. I don't do anything except what I see the Father are doing, um, all of that. So receptivity is in the Trinity. You cannot receive mm. a gift. Yeah. A gift cannot be given if there's no receptivity. So although females are really good at receptivity and our bodies tell us that, right, because our bodies are naturally receptive to men, to babies, to um, our cycles, the way our cycles go, right? Mm -hmm. um, but men have to be receptive to God too, in mm -hmm. in their own way, mm -hmm. um, and receptive to to women and, and all of that. So, but we do it as what we are. So it is what it is. That's really good philosophy, right? Something is what it is, and it's not something else. And the ancients defined happiness as living in accord with your nature. So when I was a radical feminist, I was fighting my own nature, not in like a like a way like people who want to become trans or transition. It wasn't like, I don't want to be a woman, I want to be a man. It was just, why did I have to, like, it was almost like becoming a woman was like the lesser thing. Like, like you got saddled with having babies, <laughs> you know, you got mm -hmm. saddled with the monthly cycles and the cramps. You got saddled with breastfeeding, you got saddled with all of this. And it's like, Really? Is that is that a burden or a privilege? Mm -hmm. No. Well, it's a whole warping of, of the understanding of self giving, right? The the self sacrificial love of one of the, like as a man being able to receive even uh, some of the understanding of what your wife is telling you. What you know, being able to be in tune with what she's uh, what she's experiencing and being aware of what she's uh, how she's feeling, being receptive to some of the things that she may be saying is part of understanding that you guys are together and that you are self-sacrificial loving her by uh, being aware of where, where she is in in the day. Mm. And men can't have it all either. There's this big lie that, you know, you can have it all. You should have it all. Like, mm -hmm. right, my first question is defining terms, all what? Yeah, <laughs> right? sure. And then this idea that like men have it all, even if they're married, even if they have their husbands and fathers, like they're doing whatever the heck they want. And it's like, no, but they haven't been sold a bill of goods that they can have it all, all the time, right? So I always say like, look at these men. They, they may want to take a promotion and, and go somewhere else to some other state or something, but they're not going to uproot the kids out of the school and the wife doesn't want to move. So he doesn't get to do that. Maybe he hates his boss, but it's really good money, you know? So, mm -hmm. but yeah, so I, I think this, this crazy idea that how many men would rather stay home with their kids than be, you know, than see less of their kids than they do. It, again, it's like, if you look at history, it's the industrial revolution really that separated mm -hmm men and women from their families. And I mean, back in the day, they had child labor too. So everyone was working in the factory. But people used to have home-based businesses, right? You were a blacksmith, you were a baker, you were a farmer. And kids saw a lot of both of their parents mm -hmm. and learned the family trade, etc. So um, it's kind of unnatural when you think about it to have one parent gone most of the time 
working for the family. But, and now, you know, with the pandemic, everybody's working from home. Not yeah. everybody, mm-hmm. but a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a whole interesting dynamic. Um, but yeah, I think this, this entitlement, I, I was reminding the ladies when I was recording my video on feminism that we're Christians. You know, we don't look at the values and virtues of the world, entitlement, me first, self-realization, um, yes, we want to have a healthy self-image and, and good self-esteem. Otherwise, you can't make a gift of yourself. It's not really a gift of self. It's just a compulsion or I don't feel like I'm worth anything. So that's why I, I help other people all the time. It's no, it, it's from a sense of, of my worth and dignity. And I choose to serve others and um, love my neighbor, which, of course, like anything we hear about love in the Bible is first practiced in marriage. Mm-hmm. The primordial right. relationship, all that stuff has to be first practiced in marriage. And then it seeps out to the larger community. Um, so I think we've just really, really forgotten that. Um, Sister I, Helena, I heard recently- let, let me ask you this question. Uh, if you, what, what would you say is, in your estimation, the primary like virtues or whatever of the masculine genius? Oh, can I, I I hate to read things, but I did this thing where I I pulled people on social media and I asked them, what do you think is the masculine genius? And men and women both answered. And so I I actually split them in up, like who who were the men who answered, who were the women who answered. Um, The number one masculine genius, as you know, is the ultimate masculine genius is the uh, the giver of the gift? No. Oh. I don't know then, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what is the ultimate masculine genius? And it has its counterpart for women, the ultimate feminine genius. Hmm. Well, I, 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 I took say, a guess already, I, I was, Adam. I was going to say, well, for for women, it was, would be the receptivity or the, the being uh, the nurturer. Uh-huh. But... Okay, okay, you're you're saying it without saying it, but fatherhood and motherhood. Okay, okay, fatherhood and motherhood. So, and that's um, physical and or spiritual, right? So Mm -hmm. that's so when we give of ourselves, we are exercising our motherhood or fatherhood, right? So, I love this. This is from women. I I I just asked, what does it mean to be a man today? Um, from the women, it has nothing to do with beards. Duct tape. Controlled power shows meekness. Jesus showed us the masculine genius. Yeah. Yeah. Asking asking for direction. Taking care and protecting no matter what. Men have a strength so different from women's strength. My husband's strength allows me to be vulnerable when I'm around him. The masculine genius is the quality of a man who knows how to defer to the feminine genius before making ingenious decisions. Ooh, Ooh, I like that. I think I'm good at that one, actually. We'll, 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 We'll be right back. We'll be right back. I'm pretty sure I'm good at that one. I'm pretty sure. I'll ask Pamela. Yeah, because she has all my best ideas. She is. She does that. I mean, I say that all the time. Like, Pamela has all my best ideas. So therefore, I think that means I must be good at that one. 
when you said that, I was like, I, I, I was wondering, like, well, I was going to say giver as well. And then I was like, well, I don't know. Is she talking about the protector, provider, establisher? Like, and then I was like, where, where is she going with this? And then I realized you were talking about father. Yeah. And then, of course, even before, prior to fatherhood and motherhood would be bride and bridegroom, you know, would be the... Ah, yes, you know, beautiful. Like, so that's Absolutely. one thing that we, we skip over a lot. You know, it's like the call to universal fatherhood for men, but also this idea of universal espousal, right? That uh, you cannot be a good father if you're not first a good husband. Yeah. And, and also the women too, right? So, right, right. So often it's um, because a couple's not working on their relationship, they just, they stay united for the kids. Right. Mm -hmm. And and then they're not giving their kids the gift of seeing a beautiful marriage. Right. Or a marriage that works or, or mm -hmm. a, a partnership, you know, where they're working, working it out. So yeah. they don't know how to resolve conflict then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or, and they also like, don't know how to love. I mean, like. Yep. Yep. They, yep. Just, so, they just know how to like get along. Right. Or you stay together until the kids are out of the house and then you break up. Mm -hmm. And so the kids are getting this message today that um, well, you, you get married for the sake of children and then you go start your second life. Yeah. You, you start your, you know, you get oh, your- Oh man, I hadn't thought about had, that. I had this gal tell me, for my first marriage, you know what I want to do? <laughs> it's like, she's planning her first and second marriage, what she's going to do. I wonder if her she's first saying. husband knows that. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's true. No, the bridegroom and the yeah, the yeah, best yeah. gift you can give your kids is is to love each other and put your marriage for put each other first in a sense. You yeah. know, like there was um, she has uh, the bad mommy blog. She's from the early days of blogging. She's married to a famous novelist, and she's a novelist in her own right. They have four kids, and she got in a lot of trouble because she said, "I love my husband more than my kids." Yeah, of course. And she they they, they both love their kids to death. Sure, sure. But she was trying to say, she said he was here first. <laughs> yeah. You know, My father-in-law has a saying <laughs> that he used to tell his kids when they were growing up that he would say, look, I chose her. You guys just showed up later. It's <laughs> <laughs> so cute, right? But I can and, remember as a kid, my dad telling me that he loved my mom more than me. And I remember <laughs> like, I remember that and me thinking like, yeah. Okay. Makes yeah. sense. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like I didn't it's not that like I thought he didn't love me. Like right. I knew I knew he loved me. Yeah. This wasn't a competition, but it was like But she know. was winning. Of course, like she's mom. Everybody, everybody loves mom. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think Paul I love I think I love mom more than you. <laughs> <laughs> John Paul II says marriage is always something different from family. Hmm. You know, the marriage Ooh, is always good. a distinct thing from oh the kids and this idea of like a family bed where the dog sleeps with the kids and the parents like no like i no. would never want that you no, know no no so <laughs> no. it's almost well, like an excuse for not working on your exclusive in a sense relationship mm -hmm. you know just mix it all up together and you know right your dad says i love your mother more than you and then you say Oh, me too. Yeah. yeah. I love her more than yeah. you too. Me too. Yeah. High five. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do you know, do you remember the, the uh, heavy metal band, Christian band, hair band, um, Bride? It's just no. called no. Bride. No. Okay. So they were fantastic. Dale Thompson, he's from Kentucky. 
he now has, I don't even know if they're still around, but he had a, a blues band called the Kentucky Cadillacs. And he has this amazing song to his wife or girlfriend, and it's, I love Jesus more than I love you. So romantic, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a good blues song, though. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but, you know, again, the divine order, God first, mm-hmm. yep. our spouse second, and then our kids. Yep. But it's not like we're going to ex- have to, ex- like a competition, we don't have to exclude anybody. Right. You know, it's not going to come down to that, like, who do I choose first? You choose them right. all. But there's a divine, or there's hierarchy. Hierarchy, hierarchy. <gasps> yeah. Right? And guess who's so, at the top? A male figure! <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> so this is how, this is one way that I explain um, God revealing himself as father, son, and Jesus being male for all eternity in his humanity. So does that mean that men are a little more divine than women? Because God revealed himself as the masculine principle? It's no. the masculine principle. He fa- no, we are equal in our humanity. But everything that is not God is the feminine principle. Hmm. Mother Earth, Mother Nature. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Humanity. Bringing forth life. Yeah, Mother Church. Hmm. Everything that's Mother- bringing forth life. Yeah. That so, makes sense. And I, I have hmm. a, a chart to, to like show it. this, but... Yeah. yeah. So it's almost like men are a kind of bridge between the two also. You could see the woman as the bridge, but you could also see the man as the bridge between the two. Um, so we're about to get started on our next, uh, the last segment. Did you have more of the survey that you wanted to read? I do. I that that we're, still going, we're still going from the women um, answering, what does it mean to be a man today? Okay, but Mechanical- Hold on, hold on. Let, let's start the segment. Yes, stand we wanna, by. Stand we wanna by. Catch, we want to catch this on, on the radio part. Do you feel like God is calling you to go on a pilgrimage? Well, for the last 34 years, Select International Tours has been leading pilgrimages to holy sites all over the world. And you want when you go on pilgrimages, Dave, you want to make sure you have the great, the best hotels. You're touring with the best guides, and every detail has been addressed. And that's exactly what you're getting with Select International Tours. So. For more information, go to their brand new website, selectinternationaltours.com. They have been a sponsor of the Catholic Man Show for a long time now. Even during the COVID pandemic, they were still sponsoring our show. A lot of other tour companies were really shutting down. These guys were consistent. So go to selectinternationaltours.com to find out more information about all the great pilgrimages they offer all over the world. Don Juan. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan and Sister Helena Burns. We're discussing the masculine genius. And Sister, you were just buckle uh, up because it's about to be a seven-hour yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's a lot Get to comfy. talk about here. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was yeah. I'm sorry. Look, we can make we can make a we couple make a jokes. Joke. We got to make one joke. Yeah, a the couple. A couple is fine. <laughs> uh, sister. Uh, please continue because I, I'm. I thought this was fascinating that you did, and you got a lot of good feedback here about your survey. Right. So I asked uh, folks online, "What does it mean to be a man today?" And I categorized them: the women, what the women had to say, and then we'll get to what the men had to say. And there was a few overlaps. <clears throat> so 
one of the women said, mechanical gifts and beyond. Anything involving wrenches, grease, and heavy metal, not the music. Yeah, that's basically true. <laughs> Instinct to protect. My father and brothers express their love by making sure my car's fluid levels are on point. Yeah. So I always tell women, like, the way men show their love may not be with, like, romance and flowers and all that stuff, but, like, they mow the lawn. They fix your, your roof. A quick story, my brother um, is a mechanic, and he was, one day, my sister-in-law had her friend over, and they were just, like, sitting around having soda, whatever they were doing, and my brother's out there, you know, mowing the lawn, and he was cleaning out a car, and so her friend looked out the window and said, oh, your, your husband's cleaning his car, and she said, no, that's my car. She's like, your husband cleans your car on Saturdays? She's like, Yeah. She's like, whoa, like not my husband, right? So um, so I always tell women, you have to understand, like this is how men show their love to, for you. Okay. But I tell guys, you know, you've got to bring the flowers and do the chocolates and do all that stuff because we have the feels. You don't have, but I don't feel anything. You don't have to feel anything. We have the feels. Just do it. Okay. Yeah. You have no idea what it means to us. Totally. To, well, I told her I loved her when I married her. It's like, no, 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 no. We want to hear it every five minutes. Just like set up the texts, you know, each day, like to go every few hours. Like, <laughs> hey, honey, I'm thinking of you. Okay. Um, all right. This is, again, what women are saying about what it means to be a man today. Creativity. Think about the things men have made. Buildings, machines, inventions, etc. Self-giving, protection, integrity, tenderness. Interesting, huh? Chivalry, bravery, and steadfast faith. Uh, being a dad is holding the tension between being the protective dad and pushing you out into the big scary world to stand on your own two feet. I don't know what that was the tension between. Um, I googled it and they said there's no such thing as the masculine mystique. <laughs> Just for those who don't get the reference, there's a book called The Feminine Mystique. Um, how about this? Permitting us to be our feminine selves. I never felt so feminine before meeting my husband. His strong, inherent masculinity enables me to be myself and the mother of our children. Isn't that beautiful? I think that's beautiful? a big one. That's I, a really I big like one. I like that one. I want yeah. to come back to that one. And I would say vice versa. Like a woman can enable a man to be the, the best man that he can be, right? Yeah. Now, this is from the men. Totally. What does it mean to be a man? From the men. Mm-hmm. Dark beer? Question mark? Dark beer. Correct. I, <laughs> I can tell you that it's not manufactured, purchased, a product, or an image. It's kind, uncompromising when it needs to be, and loving. The ability to think about nothing. I can open jars and fix appliances. We're the opposite of women in almost every way. Are you tired of being around women 24-7? Hang out with a guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Holding together power with weakness, strength with tenderness. See, that was the thing that they both said. That's the overlap, mm -hmm. tenderness. All possible through the vulnerability of love. I'm going to read that again. It's so beautiful. This is a man said this. What does it mean to be a man today? Holding together power with weakness, strength with tenderness, all possible through the vulnerability of love. Mm. Um, fatherhood which is heroic, courageous, bold, and selfless. 
knowing that the correct answer to any question is always yes, dear. Oh, this one, this is from a Protestant dude. The rest, I believe, were Catholic. This is a Protestant guy. Men are made to glorify God. Maybe the masculine genius, genius resides in learning to give him glory in all things. Yes. And then um, a Catholic, young Catholic dude that I know, said, a charismatic young man, very amazing young dude. He said, the most amazing thing is when I feel the Holy Spirit working in me when he just takes over, as opposed to when I try to manufacture a holy moment <laughs> or a holy sermon myself, L-O-L. To God be the glory. Is that yeah. beautiful? I mean, yeah. you can relate to that, right? I mean, there's been times I've been trying to like, you know, you're sitting in adoration, you you want that moment, so you're like, you're trying to like build it up mentally yeah. in your head, like to have that crazy. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go to adoration. I'm gonna pray the rosary first, and then I'll do the holy the holy stuff. Yeah. Right. <laughs> then I'll. Have, yeah. Then I will levitate, and I, I feel I'm feeling lighter. I'm feeling right, light. Exactly. Am I am I doing it? And Towards the end, I'll bilocate for twenty minutes or so, roughly. You know. Yeah. But he didn't say, you know, I'm gonna uh, receive the Holy Spirit or be receptive. He said, I feel the Holy Spirit working in me. So mm -hmm. that's yeah. that's more of a masculine take on it, right? Whereas mm -hmm. the woman might say, I'm I'm gonna open myself to the Holy Spirit, or you know, just the the concepts there. Okay. Yeah. Sort of like the difference between Joseph and Mary, like. After the angel came to Joseph, it says he did as the angel had told him. You know, and Mary says, you know, whatever, you know, be it done to me. Be it done to me. So, so Mary saying, be it done to me, and then Joseph is saying he did. So it's like a, a masculine outward response versus a feminine receptive receptive response. Right. Which again does not mean passive. You know, right. uh, that women are passive. It's um, women receive in a giving way. So we receive mm. in an active way, whereas men act or give in a receiving way. So men, Indeed. part of the masculine genius, as you were trying to say, I think, Comrade Dave, is men are the initiators of the gift of love and life. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what their bodies do. And so mm -hmm. that's what the spirit does because they're the same, right? So that's why women have to wait to be asked on a date, wait to be proposed to, right? So men think that women keep them waiting. It's the reverse. Okay, we have to wait for men to ask us out. Oh. Wait for men to propose. Okay, it's definitely just, the just reverse. Say. Yeah, women are definitely waiting on men. I don't think there's any there's any doubt about that. My when my before my brother was born, he's a year older than me. My dad made my mother wait while he shaved. She was ready to give birth. <laughs> he to hold on, shave. honey. Yeah. Well, can you just hold it for twenty minutes? <laughs> Okay. It's been in there for nine months. You can hold it for twenty more minutes. <laughs> okay. So this is we're finishing up with what does it mean to be a man today and what men said about that. Watching the ball game. I'm an Einstein at that. Yeah. Love from the outside in. I like it. Ex extremely focused. We are the reflection of the Father. When a man acts from his true nature and a developed conscience, we love. A giving, protecting, providing love that supersedes self-interest. Yes, wow. supersedes self-interest. Mm. I mean, that, there's a lot of repeating themes of the self-sacrificial love uh, in these, which I... 
Which is good. Which I'm is glad good. to see this. Yes. Yeah, I was shocked. I'm kind of shocked. It's a good results. Yeah. Yeah. And then I love this one word, impartiality. Hmm. I that's been my experience of the men that the good men that I know. Notice I said good men. The good men that I know. Right. Yeah. Um, fair, 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 fair. Give everybody a fair shake. Give everybody a listen. Hear them out. You know, not getting emotional over it, and you know, going one way or the other. Impartiality. Yeah. I like that. The capacity for self-gift. Our orientation is outward toward the world. Oh, and this is my brother. My brother actually—he's not on social media very much, but he actually saw this and responded. <laughs> he said, "What is the masculine genius?" It is not having to answer questions that require any kind of introspection. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yes. So, so I've heard it said that men, the masculine genius is that men go out or, or transcendence, right? So men reflect God's transcendent love. They go out of themselves, out into the world and work on it to make it a better place. Women image God's imminent love, which is bringing the world towards ourselves to make it a better place. Mm, Isn't that I incredible? That. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah. That makes so much sense. When you just compare the two, like one of the big, what's one of the biggest differences between men and women is that women are beautiful and men are not. <laughs> okay. And that's, that is, there is no, there's no debating that. It's just the way it is, and that's. But it goes exactly with what you're saying. Women are drawing the world into themselves because they're attractive, right? Like, the world wants to be drawn into them, and like, men have to chase it a little bit, you know. But, but it just like everything. I like that. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, yeah. So I think we hear so much about how men. It's it's a no brainer how men image God because it's all external. It's there. It's in your face, it's ostentatious almost, you know. Uh -huh. um, so how do women image God? Because we image him differently. Right. And it's through his imminent love. And the Catechism of the Catholic Church, 239 and 2779. I can't memorize numbers. I'm numbers dyslexic. Serious, I'm seriously dyslexic. But this means so much to me that I was able to memorize those two. Catechism of the Catholic Church, 239 and 2779. Talk about how God in his divinity is beyond gender, right? So we're not saying, God, you're saying God is a man. No, 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 no. Jesus in his humanity is a man. In right. his divinity, he's exactly. beyond gender. Right. Okay, but so the Catechism it, even says hold on, that God wait, loves... Wait, I don't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry, but we're with the radio, we're about to end. So check us out on our podcast to continue the conversation. Uh, we're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Okay, sister, keep going. Sorry, we, I didn't mean to cut you off. That was oh, I no, was no, not no. trying to be oh, rude, but no, um, you've got a you've got a program to, to you've got an order the divine order there. Uh, going we have on. an order right? going on. Yes, yeah. okay. It's not quite divine, it's but not divine. we do have to follow it all the same. <laughs> so what was I saying? Oh, two seven seven the catechism. Yeah. So and it actually does say that God loves us also with the love of a mother. Mm -hmm. But that is that is. Um, it's not the same as father because that's what God revealed himself as and he's the father as source. Right. The source of all things, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's it's it, when you understand it in the right way, even patriarchy, to say that the church is a patriarchy is wrong. 
there is a kind of spiritual patriarchy, obviously, with the 12 apostles, um, a continuum from the 12 tribes of Israel, and the hierarchy will always be male. But the church is also matriarchal. She is feminine. She mm -hmm. is holy mother church, the She's bride. A, she is the right? bride, right. Yeah, and that includes men. Mm -hmm. So one of our sisters says it's almost like women are overrepresented in the church because the entire people of God, you know, the laity, are all feminine. They're all the bride. And then we have this one priest up there, right? Yeah. You know? But but even that's not true because God gave us this beautiful balance of the masculine and the feminine. Even when we don't do it well or do it right, it's there, you know? Mm -hmm. So... But, but why don't we try to live it well and live it right? Because we have to define our terms and know our faith, right? Know this, mm -hmm. this bridal imagery and bridegroom imagery, which we can't do away with this. It's biblical. You can't mm -hmm. do away with biblical symbols and images. And it's built on reality that God created. We didn't make this up. So you hear people today saying, oh, we have to get away with, do away with gendered theology because it's hurting people. And it's like, no, it's, it's, it's not hurting anybody. And as Dr. Monica Miller says, who wrote um, this book called The Authority of Women in the Catholic Church, nothing to do with women's ordination. She said, if we do away with sexual imagery, we will do away with the entirety of the Catholic faith. Mm. Preach it. That's, <laughs> that's what God chose, right? So... Um, <clears throat> The, the thing is to unpack, I, I, don't, I don't hear or see very many people, especially women, doing this. And this is where mm -hmm. we need to go today, right into this, without fear or anything, because it's not oppressing women. It's not oppressing right. women, not at all. And patriarchy, I mean, if you look it up in the dictionary, it will have all different um, answers. I found one dictionary definition that simply said, you know, tracing the the line through the father, right? So we don't meet, we don't want like pater familias. That's not a good way to think of patriarchy because as you know, probably the pater familias, the, the Roman patrons there, they could kill their own kids and their wife and that wasn't even considered murder because they oh. were like, they were no like kidding. the big, <laughs> they were the big honcho. They could do whatever they wanted and everybody else was like, didn't have rights and stuff. So we're not talking about that. We're talking about the good father. Why can't we stop talking about like bad fathers? Right. We talk about mm -hmm. good fathers. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and so I always say like, well, how do you know you had a bad father? You must have an idea of what a good father is. God is yeah. that good father. That's who we're supposed to model ourselves on. So uh, I, have, just, I wanted to go back to one of those ones you read from the women. It was something about... Uh, Allowing me to be a woman or something. Can you read that one again? Yeah. You... Permitting us to be our feminine selves. This is what does it mean to be a man today. Permitting us to be our feminine selves. I never felt so feminine before meeting my husband. His strong inherent masculinity enables me to be myself and the mother of our children. See, I, I think that that has a... That is one of the primary things. It's like the, one of the biggest geniuses of, of masculinity. And I think both sexes, when you analyze, when you look at their, their genius, you realize from their perspective, the other is more important than them. 
you know, from the from the feminine perspective, they would say like, oh, the, the masculine is is more important than myself. From the male perspective, we would look and say the feminine is more like everything about me is designed to enhance you. You know what I mean? It's like the men are there to establish uh, like I don't want to use the word safe space, but, uh, you know, like a place. Please to don't. I'm not. I won't. I won't. Yeah. But they're they're there to uh, cultivate and to allow the feminine genius to Thrive. flourish and bloom and like to reach when its good, its fullness. When good men lead, women and children can flourish. Right. Mm-hmm. When good men don't lead, women and children have to scramble and try to do everything for themselves. And again, it's not to say we have plenty of single moms, right? But they'd be the first ones to tell you, this is really hard. I have right. several friends who are single moms. They're like, this is really hard to do by yourself, right? So I think it's true that... Um, and they shouldn't have to do it by themselves. That's right. That's right. the thing. That's a line from Courageous, the movie Courageous. Oh, really? I have not seen it. <laughs> you know the Kendrick Brothers movies? War no. Room? Oh, oh uh, I've seen War I Room. have not seen War Room. Fireproof? I've seen Courageous. Fireproof. I'm anyway, not seeing courageous. Yeah, it's really great. It's this one of the dads, but five different dads. They're all cops. Very different life histories and life stories. And he's saying, you know, God bless single moms, but that was never the plan that they were to carry this weight all by themselves. You know? Right, right. Because so, they're carrying two crosses. They're carrying the the cross of motherhood and fatherhood by themselves. Yeah. Right. So uh, that's. But wait, I think, I'm sorry. That that kind of sounded weird because. Fatherhood is not a cross, but there are there are things that that come with fatherhood that are difficult. Yeah, that is passed on to the mother. That would be passed on to the mother. I just wanted to make sure. I'm a big fan of pro hate, fatherhood. You, you pro hate motherhood. You hate your fatherhood. Is that what it is, Adam? <laughs> just wanted to make sure that I was just like, oh, that didn't come out the right just way. Just a burden to you. You yeah. and Karl Marx would get along. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'm sorry. I just wanted to make sure that that came out awkward. So, so so Dave is very evolved because he said, you know, well. I see, you know, my wife, I, I see her as preeminent. She sees me as preeminent because you're living a Christian marriage, which is what you're supposed to do in Christian marriage. Um, but I think there's also something to be said for the fact that men, this is how I see it and say it, men instill and maintain the divine order in society. This is what they're called to do. Not to say that women can't do it or don't do it, but primarily this is a male thing. And when that happens, like I said, women and children, can everything flourishes, right? I have an example in my own life. My cousin, it's a long story, but my cousin um, married a guy who was part of a very highly skilled, very small union uh, that worked in the city. Mm-hmm. And they had this great guy who was the you know, like a grandpa figure who was the head of the union. There was no funny business. There was no like um, corruption and all of the stealing or whatever and paying people under the table. It was, it was like above board and everybody had a great standard of living and great a great life and a great community, great family type union situation. They got this terrible guy in after him who was a crook. He was a criminal and people died on his watch. He was that bad. It's a long, long story. But I remember thinking, like, that's like the anti-divine order, what that man instilled, right? Mm. 
So, hmm. so, so I think that men can use that beautiful band of brothers they have for bad purposes, right? And I think men have to use it for good. I think that's right. a big challenge for men because men don't like to break ranks, and they're not supposed to. God may men have such camaraderie. Like we don't have that as women. We have our wine and cheese book clubs. It's it's not the same, you know. Men, you guys should go, try not, smoking cigars at your wine and cheese book club. <laughs> <Yeah. I mean. laughs> Works for us. <laughs> uh, so, sister, we got. I, I got to tell you the story, and I think you may. You, I don't know if you heard. I don't know if we told it at the uh, Courage Conference or not. But one one time, so Dave and I have been best friends since we've been you know five years old. Our wives are great friends. Uh, we have a, a great group of, of friends that we, we we meet up all together. One day we, we had dinner together, and we decided it was like what six couples, six six couples, and we decided. Let's have all the men sit together on one end of the table and all the women sit together on another end of the table. And Which is what everyone wants to do anyway, like really at the end of the day. And so we so we did. We had we, we all sat and like we had dinner. It was great. On the way home, I was talking to my wife and the same thing happened with all of us. We we realized afterwards we had we had this conversation. I was talking to my wife, I was like, so what, so what did you guys talk about? And my wife was like, oh, well, so-and-so's having a baby, and they just named, you know, they just had one, and they had named it Leo, and you know, all of these different things about what was going on in their lives, and, you know, what was happening, and who was pregnant. And who a was, lot about babies. A lot about babies. And then uh, Haley was like, well, what did you guys talk about? And I was like, well, we talked about just war theory is what we talked yeah. about, and we almost came to fisticuffs. Right. You know, like. Uh, well, yeah, that and the morality of the death penalty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Which like, is true. That is what we talked about. That's exactly what we talked But it was just like so hilarious that uh, she was like, oh, well, so-and-so's having a baby. And I was like, what? She's pregnant? I didn't even know that. She's like, well, you guys just had, you guys sat down with the dad at dinner all night long. You guys didn't even talk about it. It's like, no, we did we Yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing was on my way home, my wife and I had almost the exact same conversation. And like she was telling me, I remember just thinking like, your conversation sounds so lame. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't sit down there. <laughs> but isn't it interesting and, yeah. just how the different conversations that, that men and women have? Yes. And yet, I, I have to say, um, not that you were stereotyping there, but I do believe we have to be careful of stereotyping. So there's sure. a lot of women, like myself, who would much rather have been sitting talking about just war theory and whatever, right? Sure. So sure. 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 And think... Even though women tend to be more personal, right? We're, mm -hmm. we're subject, more subjective, and I don't mean subjective in a bad way, but in the good way of like the person, the subject of the sentence. You know, like bring, always bringing the personal in. Like we're not just going to talk about dollars and cents. How is this going to affect families, right? Mm -hmm. How is this going to affect children and and the people concerned, right? So, um, yeah, I just think we have to be careful sometimes about stereotyping. However, I will say that women and men really. The way they speak is completely different, right? Mm -hmm. So if you watch a bunch of guys, they stand around. One guy will talk for five minutes, and they all listen. And then the other guy talks for five minutes, right? Women, we all talk at the same time for, for a very short period of time, and we're all listening to, like, three conversations at the same time. It's so impressive. I'm, I'm and we all, impressed. like, whenever I say this, nobody takes offense. When I say this to an audience, and all the women are like, I do that. Yes. My brother, he is actually a big talker, and but he'll like when I talk to him on the phone, he'll like monologue for like twenty minutes, and I'm really interested. And if I try to ask a question, I'm 
interrupting. I'm like, I just want to, like, I want to understand, like, what you're, more about what you're, I'm interrupting. It's like, okay. And that's because men compartmentalize, right? And men focus just one side of their brain at once time. And then they switch to it. Women are, we're firing on both pistons, all the pistons all the time, right? So, and there's a reason for that because of what God has outfitted us to do and called us to do. Mothers who take care of little babies and nurture small children while they're doing everything else have to be like the world's best multitaskers or people are going to die. Right. Little yeah. people are going yeah, to die. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Very literally. Yeah. And men, they're like flying airplanes. Not that women can't fly airplanes or, you know, drive a dump truck or I don't know what the heck. And if they're not monomaniacally focused, people are going to die. So it's mm. all about death. It's all about right. who's going to die and who's not going to. But so if we can just um, accept these like amazing gifts that we have, but to always understand why we have these gifts there, God outfitted us for a good reason mm-hmm. for this. And newborn baby girls and newborn baby boys, they react and act in completely different ways. Um, so, yep. so they haven't been culturally conditioned yet, right? Right. They just popped out. They just came out of the womb. Nobody has, you know, t- told them to act a certain way. And then, pe- then they'll say, well, oh, when the researchers, like they were talking to the boys, so they acted a certain way and they were giving signals. They didn't know. The researchers, those double blind, whatever you call them, you know, like mm. they didn't know which baby was which. They just saw this little bald headed baby and started talking to it or doing the little tests on it, right? right? And the boys act and react completely differently from little girls from birth. So, because it's in us, it's just the way our brains are wired, you know? Hmm. And it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So, oh, man. Like the French say, Thank vive God. la différence, right? That's what they're saying? <laughs> I didn't even know. I thought they were saying Viva la France this whole time. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, I mean, you guys are all right. (laughs) Viva la différence. (laughs) Long Uh, live. So before we go, I was told that you're a big hoodie fan. I should have worn our hoodies. We should have worn hoodies. I know who told you that one. Who told me me that one? To Teresa Lathia? <laughs> yeah, well, I saw it on. She didn't tell me so, personally, but I saw I saw her, oh, her post right. about it. So I just yes. I really despise hoodies. I think they're just, you know, when I was growing up, they were called sweat jackets. We didn't call them hoodies. Sweat jackets. That sounds sweat way jackets. worse. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, right. That's why you never put the hood up. It you just left it down there. Nobody put their hood up. <laughs> It's sweatpants, sweat jackets. Now they call them, I don't know, what do they call them? Jogging sweat, pants? Sweatpants. They call them sweatpants. sweatpants. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Well, the, those were called sweat jackets, right? And you never put that hood up. That was so uncool to put the hood really? up. Really? And now it's like this cocoon that everybody, like, I told one of my sisters, she looks like the Unabomber. You know, she puts yeah. her eyelid sunglasses on, or whatever you call those. And, Aviators? You know, puts the hood, that, those. And then puts the hood and goes into her little cocoon, like while we're all together. I saw like, all the, I saw that picture of, of all your all the sisters around. They all had their hoods up right right next to you and took a picture. They were trolling <laughs> me. They were so bad. I'm gonna tell. So there's some Benedictine monks here in our diocese. I'm gonna tell them like, hey, 
Sister Helena, she doesn't like your hoods. <laughs> it's creepy. Like, why are you trying to hide your identity there? Anyway. So, people, uh, your blog, Hellburns at blogspot.com, is that correct? No, it's hellburns.com. Okay. Okay. That is good. That is good. And if anybody out there wants to give me their email so I can send them some goodies, like resources on the masculine genius, I've I've Hmm. compiled a list of like movies and documentaries and books. Um, Hmm. You can, this is a texting service, 617-850-5584, 617-850-5584. And all you do is send me your email address. That's it. No other words. You just text your email address. Nice. Are you doing it right now? Well, I'm trying to. Hang on. One more time. The it'll, number. One more time. 617-850-5584. And you'll get some goodies. Sweet. I have compiled like a whole list of Theology of the Body movies for guys. Like guys movies. Oh, nice. And then gals movies. And documentaries. I need, I need that list because... I'm not a very good movie guy, um, and so I need good movie. Because here's the reason why I'm not a good movie guy: because people always say, "Go watch this movie; it's so great." And then I go spend two and a half hours, and I'm like, "This was a terrible movie. Uh, I can't watch it with my, you know, with my wife. It's not a very, you know, it's just not a good movie. It's immor- like it's immoral. Like, you know, I I can't your, do this. We're your friends. I know. Well, this guy. I'm, I'm looking for a new one. Um, have you watched A Hidden Life yet? No, I have not. That's my, that's my next oh. one, though. That is my next movie. I'm Sister, watching. have you seen A Hidden Life? That has become my number one film on the planet. It's no that kidding. That is the best movie t- ever made. I'm telling you, it's incredible. It's, on, it's my, on my next list. You know what, though? He doesn't like The Lord of the Rings. So, like, also, we shouldn't be valuing his opinions on stuff. That's oh, like, oh, okay, okay that's so much. what does he like? Give us a movie you do like. I don't know. Like he used to like movies in college, and he's admittedly not the same person as he was in college. That's you know? accurate. And yeah, I don't think he likes movies. That's what I think now. I, I was just going to say that because he hesitated. We said, yeah. well, "What's a movie you like?" He's just like staring off into space. Like, yeah, I'm he just, trying to remember. He like, I'm trying like, to remove. Well, he I'm watches trying... too many. Sh- he, well, he didn't watch too many shows. He he watches shows. I watch a show. Uh, like I watch it, and like, he likes some show? shows. Show like a TV show. Yeah, like what's a TV a show? show. Like a TV show. Like I'll watch like, like, like The Which Office. One? Like I'll watch no, The Office. No, but you watch it like what's the other one that you like? The one with the killing and the crusades or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, there's a couple. Something, yeah, Kingdom. Last, Kingdom. Last, Kingdom. Last Kingdom. You like that, that one? That was pretty good. I didn't watch that one. Um, it was. I don't no, like to, actually, to promote it because some it was... people don't like movies. It's true. Some people actually don't like movies, and I get that because like I'm from New England and we're like booky people. Like we have our noses in books all the time, hmm. and so. And, but then I was a media nun, hashtag media nuns. I had to like do something like like with media. Yeah, you had to do something with media. So. <laughs> so I studied. Remember when books used to be media? LA, <laughs> and I, I, it's an acquired taste for me, you know. But I found myself recently kind of pulling back from my movie watch. It's so hard to keep up, right? It's like, have you seen mm-hmm. this? Have you seen this? Have you seen this? And like you said, two and a half hours. I know of my life of my life and then right. you don't like it in the end like i just wasted two and a half hours of my life i don't know 
don't know. That's how I felt about Infinity War. I was so mad at the end of that movie. Yeah. I didn't know it was a two-parter. Nobody told me that. <laughs> so I anything about that. Movie. Everybody dies in the end, and it's like that's it. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> Anyway, then I found out there's going to be a second part. And I was like, okay. Blessed friends, Jagger Stutter. They did not say one of his most famous lines in there. Really? That just, he said, just, just, because they were telling him he was being really selfish to, to give his life, you know, and he wasn't giving his life. He tried really hard. He kept saying, he didn't want to die. Yeah. It was like, send me as a medic. I'll sign up for the the army, but I'm not going to like, fight because this is a, a war of aggression and I am certainly not going to take an oath to Hitler. Right. Madman, right? So, but they, they wanted, they, it was all <laughs> about the oath. They wanted him to take the oath. Right. So, so then everyone was like, um, I think they showed it in the movie really well where they were at him like, what about your wife and your three little girls? Like, you know, there, there could be repercussions and what do you, we all took the oath. We all took the oath, right? <laughs> oh, you so special? You you know, like what are you saying about us? Like that we're we're wrong, you know? So he had opposition, he had the 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 Nazis themselves, he had everybody tell even some of those priests, right, and whatever, right. telling him, Oh no, save your skin, whatever. And he said, I don't think that just because a man has a family, he doesn't have to do his conscience. Mm. Wow. Otherwise, we could all just say, well, I have this, I have that. For this. this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So this is what I I always tell teens about the story of Franz Jagerstetter. And like, I mean, I just tell them. And I have a picture of him on his motorcycle. Like, that's it. And they start clapping. Like, when they hear his story, this is before the movie came out. And I'd say, so, do you, you know, did you think he did the right thing? And I said, so what could have happened is his children and grandchildren could have been ashamed of their grandfather and just not talked about him. Right. Cause well, he was a Nazi and well, or he did what he had to do. Cause that's what people did back then. You know, he did what he had to do or they could say, my grandfather is blessed Franz Jagerstetter. Right. What is a better legacy to leave? Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just love that guy. He was 36 years old, 36. Yeah. My, one of my favorite lines in the movie is when the, the that like attorney who's assigned to him is trying to get him to sign the oath, and they're like he says just sign it and you can go free. And he looks at him and says, "I am free." Oh, oh wow! And it's like he realized <laughs> it was just like boom, like yeah, he might be in prison, but he's actually the only one like in the whole country who's who's free. You know what I mean? It's like a such a beautiful like depiction of what freedom really is you know not what it's sold yeah. to be but anyway archbishop shapio has this new book coming out i think it's actually out now it's called uh things worth dying for have you seen have you mm. heard about this i i thought it was just a book on death like nobody tells you how to die or something or dying well but i didn't realize it was about things worth dying for yeah it says oh. uh I, I was pulling up because I was, I was considering audio booking it, but it's, yeah, it's things worth dying for and then uh, thoughts on a life worth living. That's what I'm going to probably yeah. actually read instead of audiobook. Yeah, I think I'm going yeah. to read that as well. Sister. I'm going to wait th- for the movie. I'm going to wait for the movie. movie. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to wait for your movie. Movie's response, always better. Uh, your review the of the better. movie, and that's what, I, that's what I'll do. I'll just wait for your <laughs> review. <laughs> Sister, thanks so much for hanging out with us. 
It's Thank been so you much for fun. Having me. Yes, I hope we did the masculine genius a little bit of justice. I think so. I think so. And we can have you hopefully when we get uh, past everything. Uh, your the invitation to come to Tulsa is a standing one. So hopefully you can come Indeed. and. Uh, I have a tractor's album. You have a tractor's album. Okay. <laughs> okay. We can okay. listen to it as we're standing next to the uh, teepees and horse and buggy, and it'll be a big hit. It will be. <laughs> the folks at the hoedown will the really, fun. they'll really the dig, they'll the really shuffle. like that. It's the shuffle, right? Am I right? Yep. The two step. The two step. Yeah. Awesome. We're, yeah. So thank you so much. Tell get, tell everybody hello for us. Tell us, Teresa, hello Will for do. us. Um, Keep the ancient faith. Yes. Tell Sister Ruth we say hi. <laughs> okay, she I does, will. She, she does not know us, but tell her we say hi. Yeah. Okay. okay. Does, I'll tell her Juan says hello. Yes. That's the best. Yes. Hola. I say hola. 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 Hola mucho. <laughs> Throw in a mucho. Too <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny. Th oh thank my you gosh. so much. It's been a blast. So thank you. God bless you. Blessed Easter. Yes. Blessed Easter. Yes. Yes, yes. indeed. Okay. Bye. Take bye, care. Sister. Alrighty. Bye-bye.